Today is Tuesday, December 5th, and each weekday during this Advent season, we will have a few minutes together to read, to listen, and to anticipate together the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It will be helpful to have something to write with and write on for our time together. My name is Dale, and I thank you for joining in with me. So as we begin, take a moment and ask God to clear your mind of the things you are thinking about right now. You see, sometimes our minds keep pulling us to think about so much because it does not want to forget the details that just seem so important today. So if you need to push pause and write some of those things down, go ahead and do that so that you can free your mind of thinking about those and so you'll remember them later and focus for the next few moments that we have together. You can pray something like this. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please clear my mind of the things that are filling it. Help me to be present with you so that I can hear what you want to say to me today. I'm going to read to you the prophetic words of Isaiah, written centuries before the physical birth of Jesus, and I'm going to read it two times. And as I read, listen for words or phrases that the Holy Spirit is bringing to the forefront of your mind. Isaiah 9, 6-7 For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. As I read it again, listen for words or phrases the Holy Spirit is bringing to your mind. Isaiah 9, 6-7 For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Feel free to push pause and write down some of those words or phrases that the Holy Spirit brought to your mind. And take some time to meditate on those words and ask God why He brought those to mind. I love these words from Isaiah that this wonderful, mighty, everlasting Prince of Peace was given. He was given, meaning let go of to be received by somebody else. From his book, Honest Advent, author Scott Erickson writes this. John, who wrote some of the books of the, in the Bible, said that he and his friends saw the glory of the unseen Yahweh in Jesus, and it was full of grace and truth. Truth is perhaps most simply defined as the actual state of the matter, seeing things for the way they are. And it's fascinating to me that the definition of truth entails having a clear perspective when looking at everything. 
This feels really tricky. I've spent my whole life in pursuit of a clear perspective and I'm still working on it. For one, I think perspective often has to do with the vantage point. You see, we can place like five apples on a table and say that the truth is that there are five apples. But if you're four years old and can only see three apples because you can't see the top of the table, you may conclude that adults are confused about how it correctly count the number of apples on the table. Second, personal preference always seems to sneak into perspective as well. See, truth is found when we can lay aside our preferences, our vantages, and see everything for the way it is. It's interesting that those who spent time with Jesus consistently described him as being full of truth, having a clear perspective, seeing the real, which leads us to grace. Grace is theologically defined as the freely given unmerited favor and love of God, which as as a definition is beyond fantastic. As a daily tangible experience, I have some questions. Does divine love mean I should expect an invisible hug at the some point today? Does divine favor mean that things will mostly go my way? I don't know what your questions are, but abstract religious talk about unconditional love can kind of leave me a little confused about what kind of affections I can expect from an invisible deity. What I have come to understand is that grace is the antidote to the ailment of shame. Shame believes one lacks what it takes to be loved and must endeavor to earn it back. It's the burden of perfection morally, spiritually, humanly, and it inevitably destroys our souls because there's no fulfillment of enough. It's just an endless jog on the treadmill of striving. To see Jesus as full of grace means there wasn't any perfection checklist that was meant to deserve his presence. His arrival stands against the idea that if you do it right, you get access to his presence. You see, his presence was freely given. He never withheld it. Grace is presence, not withheld. Take a moment and audibly thank him that his presence was freely given to you. I'm going to read our scripture today one more time and then close our time in prayer. Isaiah 9, 6-7 For a child is born to us, a son is given, the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Father, may this Advent season be filled with your light instead of the darkness of this world. Help me to discard my masks and push aside the distractions in order to be authentic and vulnerable before you my family, my friends, and my neighbors. Father, guide me this Advent season to be an offering of praise to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.